Well, hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. My name is Rob Kaiser, and I am your host. Today is Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. Kind of hard to believe, but also at the same time, not really. This is episode number 491 of a show where we talk about all kinds of things, all manner of things, anything related to what I consider to be all around growth. Uh, Topics that include anything in the realm of financial, physical, personal development, family, spiritual, social, and career, among other things. And the topic of today's show is finances, future, feedback, and freedom. This show is going to be an interesting one to say the least many thanks to everybody out there watching scrambling sean appreciate you guys and hello to guy out there i appreciate you tuning in hello my friend um i am looking forward to this show because this is kind of like going to be a throwback to the old days where i have no notes i considered throwing some together at the last minute but um you know i got sidetracked messaging old friends and uh it looks like these old friends are messaging right now so i'm going to go ahead and turn my phone off so i can focus on the dialogue with you and the topics at hand which are going to include just some free talk on um like i said finances, future, feedback from the audience. There's actually going to be maybe less feedback than expected because as is consistent with the nature of the history of the show, I did not do a very good job promoting this ahead of time, nor did I do a very good job seeking input from everyone on this. So there you have it. Uh, The feedback may just be what is stuck up in here from comment and dialogue that took place in the Telegram group, which if you're not in the Telegram group and you're not on Telegram, first and foremost, I would encourage you to be on Telegram. Uh, I know it's just one of many. um, Oh, what the heck happened back there? I think I turned off the... uh, the little TV, which uh, I was going to try and have this be all cool, and I was going to have some interesting stuff in the in the background, and that was supposed to be fancy, but uh, I screwed it up taking my phone out of my pocket. So, um, oh well, blew it there. Anyways, that's what we get. Uh, just a show of unexpected, and um, you know, trying something new. See what it looks like in the background. I don't know. If you guys are out there watching and you see what's in the background, um, let me know how it looks. I just decided to put some to put some uh, nature scenery on the television and try to, you know, get some additional vis- visual engagement. See what uh, see how that looks, and. Um, you know, for those of you out there that are listening to this show in the traditional manner, uh, if you can't tell already, this is a live stream. And uh, the live stream is courtesy of Food Forest Farms, a 
you know, cozy Airbnb, cool hip camp, check it out. Foodforestfarms.com. They are helping make this show what it is and facilitating the transition in its current state to live streaming, which is part of the show. So if you guys haven't figured that out already, guys who are listening to this podcast in the future, it is a recording. It is the audio format of the live stream, which is, like I said, taking place here on Sunday evening, January 22nd, 2023. So uh, like I was saying, um, a lot of the stimulating feedback, if you will, isn't so much content that has been requested that is talked about in tonight's episode, but there was a lot of stimulating dialogue in the group today specifically, which is not out of the ordinary. And uh, if you guys are on Telegram, come join the group at t.me slash growth. If you're not on Telegram, check it out. Not necessarily just to join the All Around growth group. I mean, of course, you would certainly be welcome to do so, but there's just a lot of good, there's a lot of good stuff on Telegram. It's a very easy to use app. Um, It's not necessarily something that you have to put on your phone and clog it up with all the other crap that's on your phone. You can use it on your computer. It's great for file sharing. And one of the things that I like most about Telegram is the the search functionality there's 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 a, a very easy mechanism if you will to search within all of the groups search within a specific group search within your specific chats all that jazz uh and it's a great way to engage in yet another social media platform because you know we all need that in our lives more social media and um And that's enough about Telegram, because we're going to talk a little bit about social media with regard to the show and the future of the show, because social media ties into that, but it also, the dialogue about the future of the show, in order to have that, we're going to have some context about the past and also the present in order to talk about the future. You with me? Okay. So first and foremost, finances. All right. Uh, There's a couple things that I would like to discuss with regard to finances. And um, that is, I'm, I'm, I'm trying also to see if I can look and see what's going on here on Facebook and so that I can engage with anybody on Facebook. And it looks like I figured that out. I'm figuring out all kinds of things this evening, trying new things. So guys, this episode is going to be a little scattered. It's going to be a little, a little different, but I wanted to pull this up on Facebook so that those of you guys out there who are watching on Facebook, commenting on Facebook, I can see who's doing what and where And um, it looks like somebody out there, a couple people on Facebook have liked the video. I can't see that. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. We're just going to roll with it as time goes on. And I figure out how to navigate this streaming platform a little bit more effectively. Um, 
I will be able to better engage with those of you who are watching. And for those of you who are watching, thank you. I appreciate you tuning in. And I hope that tonight's show is actually worth your time and not going to consist of a bunch of scattered ideas that aren't really tied together. Um, because oftentimes that's what I do, but I do not intend to do that tonight. Although that may be the end result because who knows? However, I am feeling somewhat excited, a little inspired and a little motivated tonight, which is uh, counter to how I was feeling earlier in the day. Uh, I was not feeling that because the reality is, uh, bear with me, I'm going to get a little nicotine in my system here. And um, I wasn't really looking forward to this show because I'm going to talk about some things that you know, make me feel a little uncomfortable. They're going to put me outside of my comfort zone. And that's not something that I am really all that accustomed to doing. I like, or have historically liked to project this image of confidence and, uh, you know, because content creator and all that jazz, that's what, that's what we do. But that's not really who I am. I'm, I, I, I do things a little bit differently, if you haven't already figured that out. And we'll get to that in a minute. But let's talk about finances first. First of all, on the finance list, there's been a lot of chatter about, and when I say chatter, there's been a lot of chatter in the Telegram group. Hey, Kathy, what's going on out there? Um, Kathy is a longtime friend from who I connected with through the 48 Days Eagles community. And I'm actually going to bring that up in a second as well. The 48 Days Eagles community is a fantastic community. And I think that we'll touch on that in just a second, but appreciate you tuning in, Kathy. And I appreciate everybody else that's watching. Um, very interesting that she popped in and uh, she is watching because we are going to talk about the 48 Days Eagles community. We're going to talk about Buzzsprout, the podcast hosting platform as well, and that will segue into the future of the show. But first of all, we're going to talk about finance in terms of personal finance, business, accounting, all of that jazz. And I've had some dialogue, a lot of back and forth with a lot of different people in the All Around Growth Telegram group and a lot of the various other Telegram groups that I'm a part of. Small business groups um, largely centered around and revolving around um, the Survival Podcast community. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the Survival Podcast is a show hosted by Jack Spearco that dates back to probably 2008, I think is when he kicked that show off. I started listening to that show in 2010 and have been a longtime listener uh, since then. Um, guy wants to know what's on my T-shirt. It's a little off topic, but why not? This is kind of audience feedback, and this is uh this is this is how it's working. So my I'm wearing an old T-shirt, uh, Sandy Feet Events, uh, Slow Food Temecula, 
And um, this is from a half marathon I ran um, 11, year, 11 years ago. So it's, uh, it's one of my old faves. And um, yeah, I decided to break it out today for no particular reason at all. Um, uh, this was one I actually ran barefoot. And, um, and uh, no, I did not run this one barefoot. Um, but, you know, for those of you guys who are interested in the whole barefoot thing, I did a show with Brian from the Lots Project last Monday. And if I had the sense and sensibility, I would bring that up and drop it in the show notes. But um, you can check out his channel. It's the Lots Project on YouTube. We had a very cool interview discussion. Um, very, very, uh, very much like this, as though there was someone else with me. We just had a conversation talking about all kinds of things with no particular agenda. And it was one of the best conversations on a show and uh, on this show. Uh, granted, it wasn't on this show, but of the very few interviews that I've done, it was one of the most enjoyable experiences that I've had. Brian is a cool dude. And I think that you would very much like the diversity of content that he is putting out there. The lots project is an acronym for living outside the system. And we, you know, the topic of the show was lots to talk about with Rob Kaiser. That was last Monday on January 16th. And uh, many thanks to Brian out there from the Lots Project for inviting me on to be a part of his show. I very much appreciate it. So anyways, um, back to finance and Telegram and all of the, the, the discussion that was had there about how to handle or best handle personal and business accounting, right? So for years, historically, what I've used is Quicken as I formed a small business and started operating with one, even in the limited capacity that I have been, what I upgraded to was Quicken Home and Business. And I think it's even got, it may even, may even be called Home Business and Rental. I'm not sure. Um, sometime last year, I did an episode on this as well. Um, when I first began reading the fourth industrial revolution, which, you know, I'll just grab when I first began reading this book last year, the fourth industrial revolution by the one and only Klaus Schwab founder and chairman, executive chairman of the world economic forum, which sure is getting a lot of press in some circles lately because of the great gathering over in Davos. Um, you know, I, I, I read some information in here about the banking system, banks, who does what, where, why, and how. And at that time, I was a member of Chase Bank. And, you know, I, I, I reached the conclusion after 
doing some reading and engaging in some dialogue with some people that if I want to live and actually execute upon the life that I'm talking about, then one of the best ways that I can go about doing so is getting off of, excuse me, or getting away from these big banks and engaging locally with credit unions. Now, at this time, I'd already been a member of one local credit union, and I decided that I would go ahead and close out my accounts with Chase Bank, open up a secondary account with a second credit union and use that one primarily for business, use the other credit union primarily for personal, and I would be fully engaging with my banking through local credit unions. And that's what I did. And that's what I still do now. The reason I initially went with Chase Bank in the first place was due to its ease of integration with Quicken. Okay. And everything worked very seamlessly. And, you know, as is the case with many other large banks, Huntington, Key Bank, what have you. Um, all of the large banks easily integrate with Quicken. Now, one of the keys to using Quicken or any kind of uh, bookkeeping thing, whether you're using a simple spreadsheet or like Brian out there from Food Forest Farms uses uh, just a simple, a simple notebook. As a matter of fact, I think he uses a, a, a grid style notebook one for each year. And, you know, he's got his system down. He was one of the many people that provided some input and suggestions on what to do, how to do it. Uh, you know, like Brian, Cody also uses a notebook. And the direction that I started to go last year after some dialogue with my tax guy was to use a simple spreadsheet. And he provided me with a template which I've shared with a couple members of the Telegram group. If anybody else wants a copy of this template, let me know, drop a comment here or drop a comment in the Telegram group or send me an email allaroundgrowth uh, at gmail.com and I'd be happy to share this template with you. And, um, you know, the key to using any sort of these systems is the consistent input of your data. It saves a lot of headache when, like I'm experiencing now, trying to get caught up from months of not doing that because there's been a pretty significant amount of transition and change in life since I left my day job back in May of 2022. There's been increased activity with my, well, which has become my, my, my full-time gig. So I'm, I'm self-employed right now. Yes, I work with the farm, but I'm not employed by the farm. I work with my parents as a contract, like a 1099 contractor. And that's been new for me to learn. Uh, that's, that's new for my parents as well. We're learning how to navigate that, but we're doing it and doing it well because we are communicating better and learning how to work well, or well, we're learning how to work better together. But 
you know, really operating as a family, as a family business, as a family unit requires different levels and different types of communication. And we are learning how to do that better. So how does this tie into, you know, financial and all that jazz? I stopped using Quicken. I started using this spreadsheet and then started waffling, you know, well, what do I do? What's the best way to go? There is no best way. The best way is the one that works for you, that you're comfortable with, that you can do consistently and then utilize that data, whether you're doing your taxes yourself or you're like me and work with someone that assembles your taxes for you. Doesn't really matter as long as the information that is there and you've got the documentation to back up that information. Anything works. So I ultimately decided, and this was just a decision that was made recently to go back to Quicken. And the primary driver behind that decision was due to the fact that my father uses Quicken and we're working together. And my father's also 76 years old. And at some point in time, much like he did with his father and, uh, or he and his brothers did with their father, my uncles, um, they ended up getting involved with my grandfather's affairs as, as he got older. So I, I, I realized that it would be beneficial in the long run to continue familiarizing myself with the very same platform that my dad uses. And also, quite frankly, the way that Quicken generates reports and allows you to look at data and track things. It's just nice. I like using it. I've used it. I've used it for probably 10 years at this point. And the idea of using something else was largely driven by this. And, and I'm holding up the book, the fourth industrial revolution and my desire to disengage from these global systems, if you will. All right. So here I am, went through all of that, and now I'm back engaging in Quicken again. And that's what I've decided to do. I'm going to stick with that consistently. And regardless of the fact that these credit, or at least one of the credit unions that I operate with may not have the ability to seamlessly integrate with Quicken, I can manually input the transactions because the number of transactions and the frequency in which transactions are taking place with my bank via my debit card is decreasing. Why is that? My income has decreased significantly. I have not, I have not reached the point in self-employment where I am able to match and or exceed my previous levels of income. That is my goal, but that's going to take some time. So in the interim, 
the manual input of transactions in Quicken, if, and I have yet to even explore whether or not the credit unions will integrate with that. Um, I don't know. It might, I'm not entirely sure. And, um, you know, either way, I may just stick with the manual input of transactions to gain a better understanding of the things that I do, the way in which I spend my money. And the way in which I spend my money is changing in and of itself. And this is a good segue into the future, the future of the show. And uh, what I mean by that is this show, even though we're streaming right now uh, via StreamYard, thanks to Food Forest Farms, and you know, streaming on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all kinds of different platforms. Um, this show started off as a podcast. And for those of you who are interested in podcasting, maybe contemplating starting a podcast of your own, there's a lot of different podcast hosts that you can use to get the content that you're creating out into the world. And one of the common ones is Libsyn. That was the very first one that I started experimenting with when I dipped my toes in the water of podcasting. A new one is Anchor. A lot of people use that. But I decided that I was going to use Buzzsprout. And I decided to use Buzzsprout to um I decided to use Buzzsprout for a number of reasons and this is good to hear that Sean's credit union can talk to all the various applications that he's tried I'm hoping that's the case with mine like I said uh <laughs> I'm still trying to navigate the world of online banking and get online with the one credit union, because that was also something I refused to do because I was trying to go old school and do everything on paper. And, it, you know, with the technology that's available to us right now, it's just easy to use online banking in those ways. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, <laughs> a lot of guys and gals for that matter in the telegram group, were able to witness the play-by-play -play debacle that was me trying to desperately get online Friday, ultimately resulting in locking myself out of the system and having to wait until tomorrow to get things up and rolling with the support of Patty over there in member services. And thank God for Patty and all of her help because my impatient uh, inability just led to me, you know, doing all sorts of things and getting myself locked out of the system. But anyways, moving on back to podcast hosting. Um, I decided to use Buzzsprout because it's easy to use. The interface is just very simple. The way in which you can get it listed in all of the various directories so that it plays on 
not only Apple Podcasts, but all of your favorite podcast players, Podcast Addict, you know, uh, uh, CastBox, Podchaser, you know, all of those things. It is incredibly easy to use. So what I did was I put an affiliate link down in the description below. And if you're toying around with the idea of a podcast, I would highly recommend Buzzsprout. It's supremely easy to use. They've added some features over the years that makes it that much better. Features that I have yet to uh, explore, including you know footers in the uh, in the show notes. But it's really really easy to use. I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. This isn't some sort of paid promotion or anything like that. Yeah, it's an affiliate link. It helps me out a little bit if you use that link. If you're not into the affiliate game at all, you don't want to do that, then just go to buzzsprout.com and check it out because, like I said, it's a good service and one that I use, and you can get started for free, and you can also use it for free. Now, I, at this time, do not because one of the limitations on the free service that you use is it only allows you 90 days of content to show in the current podcast players. Whereas if you pay for the hosting, you can go back and listen to episode number one that I recorded in September of 2020, over two years ago. Now, the reason I continue to pay for it or the reason I paid for it in the beginning was because, well, when I found a podcast, like right now I'm operating under the presumption that everyone in the world listens to podcasts the way that I used to. Because quite frankly, I am not that active of a podcast consumer at this point in time. There are there's really one that I listen to with regularity consistently where I look forward to new episodes. There are a couple other ones that I will listen to from time to time. And that's about it. If somebody sends me something that's interesting, um, something that they believe I might be interested in, oftentimes I will listen to that. So basically I listen to suggestions and recommendations of content that's sent my way outside of the ones that I actively seek to consume. Now, in the past, when I did find something that I really enjoyed, what I would do is I would go all the way back to the very beginning and I would begin listening to episode number one and then work my way up. And Quite frankly, I don't know, nor have I done the research on the manner in which the current trends are in 2023 with regard to podcast consumption. So people may not do that. I don't know. And at the end of the day, you 
the user needs to pay for the service that's being provided by the podcast host, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's a typical business model. You want to use products or services that are created or generated by an institution somewhere. Well, you've, you've, you've got to, you know, engage in some sort of transaction and more often than not, it's the exchange of uh, our wonderful fiat currency whether it's the actual handing over of cash or anymore, it's just boop, boop, beep, boop. And, you know, you input your card number into the internets and it, uh, everything happens just like that. And it's become incredibly easy to spend money. It's incredibly easy to spend money. But like I said, the amount of money that I have now is nowhere close to the amount of money that I had in May of 2022 or last year for that matter. And in this process of leaving my day job and engaging in full-time self-employment, I really haven't, I really haven't, uh, made the adjustments that I need to make in order to make this work and be sustainable in the long run. And after a few months of going through my savings, not going through them entirely, but dipping in there from time to time, um, I'm realizing that that's not what the emergency savings fund is for. The emergency savings fund is for, you got it, emergencies. So I need to, uh, first and foremost, I need to focus on increasing my income. That would be the, the optimal thing to do. And second of all, I need to reduce my expenditures in the interim so that A, I can replenish that savings fund and I guess even before that very clearly identify what I'm spending, how I'm spending it and what I can do to save money because you know I do talk a lot about Financial Peace University and Dave Ramsey and budgeting and the baby steps and all that but that is something that I have gotten out of the habit of doing lately. And the reality is I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, you know, and that's not a very comforting feeling, especially when your income is nowhere close to what it used to be. So, one thing I do know is that I need to start making some sacrifices. And one of the sacrifices that I have decided to make, and this was a difficult one to do, was get out of the 48 Days Eagles community. Um, I, I got a lot out of that community 
that is a group of people who are big fans of, big proponents of the work of Dan Miller, uh, who is author of the book, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, a book that I read and consumed as I was, well, right, right after I, I, I quit my job. Um, I wasn't, I, I was, I was very uncertain what I was going to do. I wasn't sure. Like I, yes, I was sure that I was going to co-work with the farm full time, but I wasn't sure that I was going to sustain myself on that. So I thought that I was going to have to find some employment. So I was utilizing that book by Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, to find something suitable, something that I want, something that I was passionate about. And that's not to say that I wasn't passionate about the jobs that I had in the past. I very much enjoyed the work that I did. Um, I mean, I worked in the green industry for 20 uh more than 20 years that my whole career was the green industry, different facets of the green industry, everything from, um, you know, wholesale and retail nursery and landscaping to urban and utility forestry to, uh, you know, um, uh, Oh, geez. What, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not consultations, but inspections in uh, high risk fire areas, you know, inspection, whatever. Um, you get the point. 20 plus years of working in the green industry, it was just hard to step away from that and totally shift gears and do something different with my family. And the uncertainty of that was terrifying. So I read that book. And even, even prior to that, I was engaging in the 48 days Eagles community for the support and, you know, networking with people who were doing the exact same thing that I wanted to do. Because even before I left my job, I knew it was at some point that I was going to make a change. It was just a matter of when, whether it was going to be within the next few months within the next few years, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure, but it just so happened that May, even though it was like peak season, it, that was the right time. I realized that I wasn't a good fit there anymore. And you know, the time had come. So I left and you know, the 48 days Eagles community was pivotal in providing the support and everything that I needed to, to give me the confidence that I lacked to actually say, you know what? I can do this. I can make this work and I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to make, I'm going to give this everything I've got. And again, that was a subscription so, you know, there's a lot of people that, that offer subscription services. You know, in the past, I used to subscribe and be a member of the Farmstead Meatsmith community. I was a member of a, a several different communities. And uh, it was, and those communities are great. 
It's part of their business model. And at some point in time in the future, maybe whether it's part of this, the All Around Growth Podcast, York Meadow Farm, or some of the other ideas that we're working on and things that are in the pipes that haven't yet come out into fruition, maybe there will be a community aspect there. I'm not sure. I'd really like to think so because it's it's a good thing. Good things come when you surround yourself with good people of like mind, right? And, um, you know, nice to see you, Ryan. Been a long time. Look forward to catching up with you sometime soon. Thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, speaking of the green industry, Ryan right there, we go way back to the where I, I honed my skills in the green industry at the Ohio State University Agricultural Technical Institute. I've known Ryan for decades now at this point, and um, he too is a lifelong green industry guy. I mean, this is a big part of our lives. It's who we are. So making a change and getting out of that industry and doing something is, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal when you've done something your entire life and then you're trying to do something. You're not trying. That's not, I'm changing the, I'm changing what I'm saying. I'm not trying to do this. I'm doing this. All right. If we continue to use and engage in patterns of speech like this, it reiterates these patterns of thought because if we say we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that, then we're going to get stuck in this mental spiral of that's all we're doing is we're trying, right? So if we if we just put a little shift on that and get away from saying, I'm trying this, I'm trying that, and just say, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, even if the things that you're doing suck and you're doing them poorly, at least you're doing something. So, you know, think about the way in which you use your words, because what you say is what you think and what you think impacts what you do. All right. So don't try do just like Yoda said. Uh, <laughs> what did Yoda say? Somebody in the comments, help me out. Throw me a bone here. Uh, Yoda said, uh, do or do not. There is no try. Yes. Um, so that's what we're doing. We're doing. Now, in order to do that, like I said, I've had to sacrifice the involvement with the 48 Days Eagles community. Uh, I will be present there for a few weeks. And I look forward to reaching out and um, to all the people that I've that I've connected with there to communicate what's going on. I've already received a lot of support from the people who helped walk me through that process because I was too ignorant to figure out how to do it on my own. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's understanding. A lot of people do this when they're in the position that we're in, that I'm in, trying to grow, trying to take steps, trying to change things in our life and doing it deliberately. All right. So 
that's it. Um, however, now's not that time. I forty eight dollars is what I believe that monthly membership is. Now that may be changing as time goes on. Inflation, everything is increasing in price. Hell, we just increased our prices of the various fermented food products. And mom is working on adjusting her pricing for the 2023 season of the bath and body products that uh, she makes. And, um, you know, times change, people change, prices change. And with that said, like sacrificing my membership within the 48 days Eagles community, I have also decided to sacrifice the 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 hosting of the podcast. Now, does that mean that the podcast is going to come to an end? No. Does it mean that the podcast is going to change? Yes. Is that something new? No. This podcast has been a consistently it, it's consistently changed from the from the very day I started it. Unlike a lot of other content creators who had a very clear objective when they started their work, I did not. Like I've said before in past episodes, um, you know, the podcast initially began as a form of talk therapy, figuring out what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. And (laughs) over time, I realized that, you know, if I just do this thing and operate in this way without any, without any, without any objectives, uh, this is, this is going to be kind of stupid. Um, who's going to want to listen to this? So I tried to, on a number of different occasions, I tried to, you know, change the tagline, change the way I was doing things. Like for example, um, A couple months into the show, the tagline of the show became uh, providing tools and insight to build the life and homestead of your dreams. And I don't know, you know, that that's that's what I wanted to do. But uh, one of the things that was happening was that I was still on the road. I was still. I, the, the, the show consisted of, for those of you who listen and have been active listeners, this isn't going to come as any surprise, but for those of you guys who have not listened to the podcast consistently, a lot of the show back in the day consisted of talk just like this, kind of freeform discussions. And what I would do is, you know, we've got, we live on this, for lack of a better term, like a flagpole lot and the driveway is a quarter mile long. And So driving slowly down the driveway, it would take a few minutes and I would read from uh, a devotional called 365 Dow 
basically with Taoist sayings and writings. And periodically I would read from that. Periodically I would read from a Christian devotional that was gifted to me by uh, someone in the church of which I am still actively a member. Dan Miller also has written a book called The Rudder of the Day, which is a compilation of his reflections. And I would read those and then I would talk about them on the drive to work, which generally lasted about 15 minutes. And the, the podcasts in the past were approximately 20 minutes in length. But I realized that, you know, my intent of providing insight and tools to build the life and homestead of your dreams wasn't that that tagline wasn't really appropriate because I was I was reading all this content and then talking about it and and I was doing this in a way to you know effectively figure out my own life and where I was going and how I was going to do that I wasn't really providing insight and tools to build the life and homestead of your dreams. When I recognized that, I still used that, but I began putting more emphasis on life because I don't think that you can, I don't think that one can actively build a homestead, period, let alone the homestead of our dreams, unless we have our own house in order, our own life in order. So, life first. Homestead second, all right? Shortly after that is when I stumbled across the goal-setting workbook. Again, another product by Dan Miller. This is available for free. I do not have this linked to in the show notes, but I've linked to it in almost every podcast episode in the past. It is a download that's available for free. And when I... I initially stumbled across that it 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 was a game changer. The whole premise of that goal setting workbook is that it compartmentalizes life into seven different areas. And like I said in the beginning of the show, those seven different areas are financial, physical, personal development, family, spiritual, social, and career. And we work those in that order because ultimately in in the ideal world, at least as far as Dan Miller is concerned, and this is a concept that I am totally on board with, our careers can and should be a reflection of all of those six different aspects of our life coming together to do the very thing that he writes about in his book, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love. It's a framework. It's a very step-by-step outlined guide to do that. And can you do it in 48 days? Yes. I truly believe that if you follow the framework and the step work that he provides in that book, is it is it easy? No. No, 
making big change in life is not easy. It's a simple program, but it requires a lot of work. Now, there's also a lot of other resources that he's got to offer, many of which are available in the 48 Days Eagles community, ways that you can build a business in 15 hours a week. You know, and this is, again, if you if you're not happy with where you are in life and you're looking for a way out, but you just don't know the best way to proceed, just do a quick Google search or a search on your search engine of choice. For those of you who are not fans of the Googles, right? Do a search for, you know, uh, how to find the life you love or how to find the career you love. You'll find thousands of results and hundreds, if not thousands of books written by experts who claim that they've got the magic formula to give you the ability to do exactly that. And you know what? Many of us out there have read them. And many of them, many of those books and resources, they're good. Some of them we've talked about in the show in the past. But the reason I like Dan's approach is because he doesn't claim to, to, to be the one who's crafted this magic formula. It's a compilation of everything that he's learned and accumulated from his experience working with all of these people over his life. And he makes no bones about sharing where he's learned it and how he's learned it and who he's learned it from. And, you know, if you want to go explore further some of the resources that he's provided, well, you know, it's right there. You can do that. And again, so if, if, you know, if you're not happy with where you're at, then check out the work of Dan Miller. I can't speak highly enough about him, his team, and that community. It is a fantastic resource that is available out there for you if you find yourself in the position where I and so many of us were in the past. So check that out. But again, back to the future of the show. What we're going to do is over the next couple of months, I'm going to back off of the paid format of the show, the paid hosting, and eventually what will be present in the podcast players is the most recent 90 days of content that I've created. Now, in the past, I have created content consistently. I was dropping episodes on a daily basis, um, at least during the weekdays, and I, I enjoyed that. When the season picked up, I was still doing it. It became increasingly difficult to do that and keep up with everything here. During October, when we had uh, two markets a week and then towards the end into November, or I guess it started in October too, we had three markets a week and you know, trying to keep up with the production, the sales, the markets, the marketing, 
everything that went into the business, it was challenging to say the least to keep up that schedule of the show with the consistency that I had been doing it and keep up with everything else while maintaining my sanity and, 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 you know, taking care of myself. And that's important to me because I, I, I believe firmly that if I do not take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to deliver a quality product, whether that's an actual physical product that you are consuming in the form of sauerkraut, or it is a product in terms of a podcast that you are consuming either in a form like this video or in terms of a podcast. So the, cons and you know, the consistency aspect was hammered down to me or in very much encouraged by some members of the audience and some people who I had connected with on some other projects that I am not really actively participating in. But it's pretty common knowledge that if you want to build an audience base, you've got to deliver consistently so that they know what to expect and when to expect it so they can make it a part of their life. Because that's how that that the, the, the content creators that I looked up to and respected, that's what they did. I made their content a part of my life and it helped shape me into the person that I am today. Now, one of the problems with that was in doing this show, I tried to emulate a lot of those content creators. I tried to do what they were doing. And, and I've fallen into this trap before, you know, in this trap, I was actually talking about this with my parents over dinner tonight in the past, you know, when I built the high tunnel out there, uh, that, that, that I don't use. Right. And I built this high tunnel in 2016 with, and through the NRCS equip program. Um, I did that because, well, all the other market farmers were doing it. I learned about that program through permaculture voices and, you know, I, man, I wanted to be the next rock star market farmer. Now I had like zero experience with market farming outside of working at a small market farm in North Carolina in exchange for food back in 2005 or six or something like that. Uh, I did it for a season and um, just working odd jobs and doing whatever I could to make, to make ends meet because, you know, back then, like I moved to North Carolina because that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I had dreams and aspirations of hiking the Appalachian Trail. I was currently working for Cahoon Nursery uh, in Westlake, which is still in existence. It was a fantastic nursery. It still is. Different owner now. But again, I knew the limitations and where I was going to go and 
where where my career was going to go. And I wanted to do more than what I was doing at that time. What it was that I wanted to do, hell, I didn't know. So I got fixated on the Appalachian Trail and I started accumulating gear and dehydrating food and making all these preparations and planning my drops and doing all this stuff. And I went down there uh, to visit a friend who was going to drop me off at the, um, the NOC, the Nanatehala Outdoor Center. And I was going to hike northbound for a week. And then he was going to pick me up. And that was, I called it my psych hike. And that like, that's how I was going to figure out my life. I was going to, I was going to go northbound and, and walk and have some revelation. Um, seemed like the right thing to do. You know, I'd still like to do that. So what happened? The very first day I went down there long before I even uh, was able to get dropped. I never ended up getting dropped off at the trail because we were fooling around one morning, just taking a walk down the road with him and his girlfriend, now his wife. And I decided to start fooling around and went running uh, to, 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 to chase him because Jess and I were we're walking, you know, way back there and we were talking and Dan was ahead of us and he, he stopped to look at some flowers on the side of the road. I think some, some azaleas, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, pretty sure it was azaleas. It was too early for lilies, but, um, so he's looking at these flowers. They may have been like May apples or something too, because they were small and he was bent over. But I, I started running and, you know, I was going to scare him. And, uh, and I did. And then, you know, I, I scared him and he, uh, you know, he, I, he spooked and, and as I'm running by him, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm like, ah! and laughing and I did not see this pothole in the road and I stepped in it and my ankle did this and it bent in ways that ankles should not bend. And I didn't break it, but looking back, it probably would have been better if I did. Uh, it, it was bad. Um, he had to actually go grab his Jeep and pick me up because I couldn't walk. Um, and we were pretty far away from where he lived at that time. And I took it easy for the rest of the day, iced it. And the next morning it was the size of a, you know, at least the size of a grapefruit, if not larger. And it was black. Uh, it was disgusting. And I realized at that point in time, well, I didn't realize anything, but, um, it was my right ankle. So the, the, you know, luckily I had an automatic transmission car and I drove my way back to Ohio and, uh, was stuck in a walking cast for at least a month, maybe two, you know, did not do the physical therapy that I was supposed to do. Went immediately back to work, working at a nursery, um, just kind of being an idiot, tough guy in my mid twenties. And, um, 
you know, shortly thereafter, I was introduced to old time music and I bought my first banjo an old K off eBay. And I was, I was, I was into it. And I realized that if I, if I couldn't hike the Appalachian trail because of this injury and it kind of just, it was going to delay my, 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 my plan for a year. Um, I just reached the conclusion that I was so into old time music that the best thing to do was to just move there. You know, um, if I couldn't hike the AT and I was really in love with North Carolina, I was in love with the culture. I was in love with the music. I would, I would move there and I would learn from the old timers who learned it from the old timers who learned it from the old timers because in my mind, that seemed like the only way. So that's exactly what I did. So in early 2004, I moved there. And this is going somewhere, I assure you, because in, and I, I lived there. That, that was the one place in my entire life where I lived for longer than anywhere else. I lived there for four years, with the exception of where I'm at now in Ohio, I've moved around. I've lived in all kinds of states and all all across the nation, um, but never did I stay in any one place for longer than uh, than a couple of years. Uh, I was always just looking for something better. I was never satisfied, and you know, I've just been a lifelong seeker. So I moved there. I learned how to play music. And finally, when my parents bought this land in 2007, late 2007, closed down at early 2008, I realized that, you know, I was going to come back here and we were going to, we were going to do something with it. We were going to, we were going to, we were going to turn it into a homestead or something. Didn't know what, didn't know how, but it seemed like the right thing to do at that time, the housing market took a dump financing and everything that they had lined up just didn't work out. And I ended up getting a job and entering the corporate world. Now, leading up to that, before any of that happened, before I decided to move back, one of the contributing factors in me leaving North Carolina and trying to do something with my life was social media. I had just turned 30. I joined Facebook in early 2008 because my girlfriend at the time and my roommate said it was this really cool thing and I should definitely get on it because I can reconnect with all these people from my past and see what they're doing. And I just didn't, I didn't understand it. I thought it was stupid. And, um, but you know, okay, I'll listen to my girlfriend. I'll do, do the things that they said to do. And it was at that time in 2008. And I was telling, this was the story that I told my mom over dinner tonight. I'll never forget the very first time I saw an old high school friend of mine who made a post about a promotion that he got and was sharing pictures of his family and the house that he lived in. 
and the, the cars that he was driving. And I thought, ah, I'm 30 years old. And like all of my possessions include like a, like a 96, 93 Ford F-150, a banjo, a mandolin, a cheap Chinese fiddle and a, and a little banjo uke. The, the instruments that I owned were probably worth more than my truck. And like, that's it. I mean, I spent my time playing music, running trails and just like living. But I realized like I needed to do something with my life. I needed to make something of myself. So I got a job, you know, with a, or I applied for a job with a fast track to management that didn't work out because I have epilepsy and um, I needed a CDL and I couldn't climb, couldn't climb trees. So I ended up getting involved in the forestry aspect of things because we drove pickup trucks and I didn't need a CDL for that. And I ended up you know, performing really well. And that turned into an eight year career. Um, until I moved back here from California via Texas, where I ended up in a coma after a backcountry trip in Utah. And, uh, that's another story for another time, but all this time, I was just looking at people on social media, comparing myself and my life to theirs and realizing that trying to be someone that I wasn't trying to live a life that wasn't mine. And this comparison trap is something that I've been caught up in since social media. I never engaged in these thought patterns I never engaged in this kind of thinking, or at least to that level before I was introduced to social media. And when I started the show, I fell into that same trap, you know, this, this comparison trap and trying to be, like I said, trying to be the next rock star market farmer, trying to be this, trying to be that it, it led to burnout. You know, I had burnout 1.0 in my career prior to moving to California in 2009 um, it didn't take long for me in the corp, like climbing the corporate ladder to achieve burnout a year and a half. I think, I guess I moved out there in maybe 2010, made the decision to move out there and no, made the decision to move out there in 2010. So it took me two years um, accelerating from a field guy into project supervisor, into project coordinator and finally managing multiple accounts and multiple states and doing it pretty well, you know, ultimately having 50 employees underneath me. And, you know, I, I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the guy that, you know, has the summer home and, you know, and, and my, bring my family down and I'll, I'll do everything that everyone else was doing. And, but the thought of that just 
it wasn't satisfying. And ultimately I, I ended up giving up all of these management positions just to go back in the field because I needed to make money somehow, but I couldn't do what I was doing. So I did that and ultimately decided to move back here um, and working in Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, that whole like North central Texas area and the surrounding States was my exit strategy to get back here. But this trip to Utah kind of accelerated that because again, I wasn't taking care of myself. I ended up having multiple seizures and those seizures ended up, I ended up going into what's called status epilepticus where um, you, you go into a seizure and you just, you don't come out. And a lot of times what happens is if you go into status, you die. But my friend was able to catch me uh, soon enough and was able to get me medical assistance. Luckily, this happened by the time we got back to Denver. And um, I woke up several days later uh, in the neurological intensive care unit and had some pretty radical experiences while comatose um, or I'm here today and I'm alive. And, um, but that having, having an experience like that made me realize that there's a lot more to life than what it was that I was actively doing. So I ended up coming back here and I stumbled into this job, like literally stumbled into the job at the tree farm in 2014, the, the same job that I left in May of 2022, thinking that I was getting away from the corporate world, working at a family farm. But the reality is uh, the business grew during those eight years and grew tremendously that it, it, in a sense, turned into the corporate world again. And I found myself in many of the same positions dealing with a lot of the same things that I dealt with before that led me to a burnout. And in 2015, after building this high tunnel and then try, doing all these things to be the next rock star market farmer and trying to live this life and embrace this persona and be this person that I simply wasn't on the inside, I had burnout 2.0. And I realized that here I was, it's 2017, I'm $25,000 in debt. I'm miserable with my life, trying to live a life and embrace these lifestyles that weren't mine. And thank God that the company I worked for at that time uh, decided to integrate this new inventory management software and I took that on and was effectively responsible for the successful integration of that. And it, you know, it worked and I was able to put in a lot of time. 
and focus on my career for a few years while getting out of debt. And I did. And that's when I latched on to Financial Peace University. And by 2020, uh, I had achieved debt freedom. I had begun an emergency fund. And we all know what happened in 2020. You know, the big COVID uh, situation um, happened. And that's when this podcast began. And I was trying to figure everything out. So over the past few years, I've been doing exactly that, trying to figure everything out. And it's been an interesting road over the past couple of years. And um, that was a difficult decision to make because I put a lot of time, effort, and energy into this show. When I say it was a difficult decision to make, it was a difficult decision to make to you know, change the format of the show and only have the past 90 days available. And, um, you know, some of the, some of the connections that I've made with people through building this little network, the all around growth community have been priceless. I can't, I, I, I can't even begin to articulate the the impact that some of the relationships that I've formed with people in this community that have that that the impact that it's had on me and that leads me to believe that the work has been of value because life is really all about relationships um it's not about the things that we accumulate. It's not about the stuff that we have. It's not about the, the benchmarks that we achieve. It's not about, it's, it's not about any of that. And it's really what, what I'm learning life really is all about. It's about the cultivation of the relationship the most important relationship. And that has been something that I've been struggling with, you know, with regard to this spiritual journey that I've talked about in the past, a journey of three decades, if you will, since I became old enough to really start thinking like an adult in my, in my teens, um, not to say that you know, you think like an adult when you're in your teens, but you begin to formulate more adult-like thoughts, thoughts that go beyond Legos and Tinker Toys, right? You start to think about life and, you know, the meaning of it and all of that. And I certainly did my seeking to try and figure that out in all kinds of ways. But that's, that's you know, that's the future of the show, guys. It's the and and I guess so yeah it's gonna show for 90 days and because I can't I have to make financial sacrifices and I've got to cut this out. So what I'm gonna do is the show continues. I'm not just gonna stop it, but as the show continues, I'm going to put links in the show and capitalize on ways that Buzz Sprout 
allows you to monetize your show by implementing things like buy me a buy me a coffee, PayPal, finally implement this Patreon that I've talked about um, in the past and make these episodes available for anyone that wants to listen and make financially supporting the show easier to do. Because one of the ways in which I tried to monetize the show in the past was through advertisements and I hated it. I do not like listening to podcasts with advertisements. Quite frankly, if I do listen to a podcast and there are mid-roll advertisements, I stop listening to it. I just won't do it. That's not why I'm there. I understand the the why mid-roll ads are a good thing. I understand why people want to monetize their plat. Well, because this stuff takes work, you know, and we can't just do everything in the world and everything in life for free. We've got to make money somehow. And, um, but advertisements is not the way that I wanted to do this. It was not something I wanted to subject the audience to. And as soon as I tried it, I pulled the plug on it real quick because I just don't like that in shows and I'm not going to do it in this one, but I do want to make, you know, I know in the past that I've supported people who created content that did have a Patreon and, you know, different levels of support that you could provide. And I used to give content creators, I, I used to, you know, throw five bucks a month at them or three bucks a month at them just to show my support and say, Hey, I like the work that you're doing. I want to see more of it. Keep doing what you're doing. I support you. And I want to make that an opportunity for everyone that listens to this show because, you know, it, it, it may be you guys that give other opportunities to new listeners, the the or give the ability to new new listeners as the audience grows to go back and listen to all of that stuff from day one in the way that I used to. But again, I don't know how people consume podcasts now. I'm going to be looking into this as time goes on. I don't understand how people consume content now. And this, the reality is, if it is only 90 days, I'll see what I can do about getting all the shows up on YouTube to try and grow the YouTube channel because it seems like a lot more people are using this platform now than, uh, than in 2008 when I first, or 2010 when I first started listening to podcasts. So, you know, that's, that's basically what the future has in store, more change for the show, more change for, um, for the, the nature of the show and how it's being presented and more opportunities for you guys to support the show financially. If you choose to, if you want to see it continue in the way that it has been historically, not only for yourself, but for others, it can only happen with the support of you guys until I get to the point where I match or exceed my income from prior years. And that's going to take some time. So in the interim, you know, I'd like to 
provide you guys with the opportunity to help out in whatever way you see fit. And I understand that most people probably will not. But for those of you who do want to do something like that, I sure would like to give you guys the opportunity to do so because right now there isn't one. And, um, and that's, that's, that's on me for not, not, not doing that. And, you know, one other, one other thought with regard to social media and the whole comparison trap, one of the reasons why I didn't promote the show and why the audience isn't as large as it potentially could be, I always said in the past that I don't promote the show because I wanted to see what would happen as, you know, I wanted to see what would happen it, by it spreading through grassroots uh, movement and uh, just to see what would happen through the show organically. But the reality was, and, and, and yeah, was, um, I was, I, I wasn't as authentic as I could have been. Did I say anything or do anything in the past that was like dishonest or like an outright lie? No, absolutely not. But I tried to project an image of myself that wasn't truly me. And when I discovered the goal setting workbook and setting goals in these seven different aspects of life and looking out and projecting three years out where I wanted to be three years out, what I could do this year to make that happen. And ultimately what I could do today to make my one year goals a reality. That's when I started to get a better understanding and a better grasp on what my goals really were and what I wanted my life to look like. Because when I looked at things financially, when I looked at things where I wanted to be physically, how I wanted to develop personally, what I wanted my family relationships and dynamics to be, how I wanted to continue growing spiritually, what I wanted to do socially with my community, both personally, locally, and online, and ultimately what I wanted to do with my career, that really helped everything come together. And that, that is, that's going to continue to be the direction that the show goes, but there's going to be, it's going to continue along those lines under the guise of all around growth, of course, because that's really what I'm interested in. I'm interested in growing as a human. I'm interested in growing as a person. And I truly am interested in continuing to share this journey with you, good and bad, over the past few years. And like I said, the only way that I can do that is with support, which I'm going to implement into the show over the next couple of months. And I'll continue to talk about that more. But because I think it's important for people to see who I was and like where I came from, where I am now, and ultimately down the road in the future, what I've become or what I am becoming. And 
and we're going to just bypass the whole segment on audience feedback for a number of reasons. A, because there wasn't a whole lot of specificity with regard to feedback, but a lot of this conversation in general, and I understand we're running long going on an hour and a half right now, but you know, that's okay. Um, this is going to be a long one or a longer episode, but a lot of the dialogue that's been taking place over the past few days, few weeks has made today's episode what it is. So while I haven't addressed any feedback specifically, what I have done is incorporated a lot of the dialogue or, you know, indirect feedback from the audience into this show, which has made it what it is today, which leads to the last idea of freedom. And I'm not going to talk about freedom in the way that a lot of other content creators do, because that's not what it means to me. I do have a lot of respect for the people that are freedom minded, liberty minded, um, you know, people who talk about all things anarcho and such. I'm I, I love all of that. But freedom to me means truly understanding who I am as a person putting a plan together and ultimately acting upon that plan. And the, you know, what I'm about to say may not sit well with some people due to some uh, particular ideologies that they have that aren't in line with mine. And that's okay. You know, we've all got different ideas and opinions on things, but one thing that I mentioned before was that was the spiritual journey. And now for a little bit of context, I was born and raised in the Roman Catholic church. I went to a Catholic grade school until the eighth grade and then decided to go to a public high school, basically to play football for my uncle because he was the head coach there. And, um, I, I, I was a halfway decent football player and, um, you know, wanted, wanted to, wanted to do that, wanted to pursue sports in high school and, you know, did so enough to get a partial scholarship to uh, a college, which I subsequently transferred out of because college, college sports were not for me. And when you're playing sports at a college level, it is a whole different ball game literally and figuratively than it is in high school. And that's not what I wanted. And I learned that very quickly. Um, over time, as soon as I was old enough, my, my parents had this rule, despite my rebellion and my pushback against the church and all things of it and in it, uh, they said, Hey, look, as long as you're living in this house, um, until you turn 18, you know, you're going to go to church until you're an adult, you're going to do what we say, 
with regard to the church. So I did that. And as soon as I turned 18, I stopped. You know, I wasn't having any more of it. And I didn't I didn't go to church and I didn't do anything spiritual except, um, you know, seek wisdom in various different ways by exploring all sorts of different spiritual thoughts and doing <clears throat> doing all sorts of things to expand my mind and consciousness uh, in my early 20s. And uh, but, you know, all that was well and good. Those were great experiences. But ultimately, despite all of that, I felt some kind of void. Like something was missing. And in my early 20s, all throughout my 20s and 30s, up until this day, I have continued to go back to churches. Now, um, including but not limited to the Roman Catholic Church. You name it, I've been there. Um, I've explored all, not all of them, but the majority of Christian denominations. I've attended churches of all denominations. Not again, all, not all, but very many of them. Um, explored Buddhism for a while. Uh, most certainly explored Taoism. But I will preface the fact that Taoism is not a religion, if you will, uh, in the sense that Buddhism is, or Christianity is, or Islam, or, you know, Zoroastrianism, or, you know, all these other things that, 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 whatever that I explored, you know, um, but generally speaking, my, my, my experience with Buddhism is, and, and others outside of Christianity is very limited, so I'm not going to talk much about that. But more often than not, when I would go back to a church and try to fill that void that I felt that I had, I had some kind of negative experience either directly with someone there or just felt like the services that I was attending and the people that were there attending the services, it didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like it hit home. And over time I kept exploring and, um, And then, you know, during that time when I was trying to be the next rock star market farmer, you know, that for a period of years in my late 30s and early, yeah, late 30s up until my early 40s, um, I'm 44 now. So it was really predominantly in my late 30s. I, I was not exploring much at all. And, um, when I first attended Financial Peace University in 2017, it was at a church. And I was going to this church on a Wednesday night. I actually attended Financial Peace University in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 before I 
coordinated my first course in uh, 2020, late 2019, 2020. And um, being in that church environment and being with people who are on the same path with regard to their finances rekindled that feeling, rekindled that void that I was so familiar with. And I realized that what I wanted to do was pick that up again. But so I, I started going back to churches and I found one not too far from here down the road and I liked it. And I would go there routinely. But again, this wasn't so much of a negative experience, but the, 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 the pastor that was there was an interim pastor. And they were there just for a short period of time, you know. And by the time this particular church uh, nominated or, or elected uh, a a new pastor. Um, I didn't, I didn't like him, you know, it just, he, uh, uh, this was, this was a, uh, the, the United church of Christ in Litchfield and the pastor was a female pastor. And, uh, I'd never, never been in a church with a female pastor. Didn't, didn't particularly have a, a problem. Didn't, didn't have a problem with it. Didn't have a problem with it at all. I know some people have a beef with, uh, with female clergy, especially those in the more conservative um, denominations, but uh, I didn't. I mean, I like the message that she shared. I like the church. I like the people. But apparently, when it came time to uh, elect, for lack of a better term, a new pastor, they chose someone else instead of keeping the interim pastor that was there on board. So she left and went, I don't know where she went. Um, I, I believe she's still here local in the community, whether or not she's serving in a church or not. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but once this new pastor was installed, um, I stopped going. I just stopped going to that particular church and Like I said, when I was going to Financial Peace University, it was cool. I, I, I wanted that again. But I also, at that time, wanted to get involved in my community. So in 2019, I started engaging in volunteer work. I found a an organization that seemed to be in line with my own personal thoughts and opinions about what it was that I wanted and this particular organization that I'm involved with, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, has two particular things that really drew me to it. One being the fact that they were non-political and two being non-sectarian, which means no particular re religious affiliation. And moreover, discussion of those in the lodge uh, especially during business is strictly forbidden. So we just don't talk about those things. And um, 
And I like that because I engage in enough of this uh, bickering dialogue about politics and religion and so many other areas of my life that when it comes back to giving back to the community, I don't need that. So, you know, for the past almost four years now, I've been a member of the independent order of odd fellows. And that was also the time when I started seeking a church and the, the, the motives at that time were largely the same. I wanted to get involved in my community more. I'd been living here for a few years at that point and, you know, to connect with good people in your community. I think two good reasons or two good ways to do that are through volunteer work and through a church. Now I didn't have any particular, you know, religious leanings at that time. So I went to a couple of churches and it just so happened that the church on the square in Medina, Medina UCC, also uh, United Church of Christ hit home. I had some very good conversations with the current pastor who still is the pastor, Pastor Luke, um, who I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, we had some great conversations about my you know, my, 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 like my stance on a biblical understanding. And I wanted to make sure that his was in line with mine. And basically the, the idea is that, you know, the, uh, and I don't think this is just my opinion on the Bible. This is factual and it is correct. The Bible is a compilation of books and letters written by different people in different eras in different geological places, oftentimes talking about the same thing, but told from a different perspective, especially the New Testament. Okay. The uh, Bible consists of two parts, the Old Testament, which is the largest portion of the Bible, and the New Testament, which consists of stories in large part about Christ. And, um, you know, the, the, the Old Testament is used in other Abrahamic religions and, uh, they do not use the New Testament. The New Testament is used by many, if not all, Christian denominations. And again, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, my under my that we had the same thoughts and ideas about the Bible. And because if we didn't, there was going to be a problem. Because in church, most churches, many of the teachings come from the Bible, are biblically related. And uh, when we had, you know, so, some good dialogue about that and, you know, of course, agreed, that's exactly what the Bible is. And it's, it's a shame that people don't see it for what it is and they just view it as, you know, this, this book 
that uh, <clears throat> that uh, is the the word of God, uh, and, and that 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 people look to as just like the end all be all, and it's 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 really not that. Um, it is a compilation of books and letters written by different people from different regions throughout different periods of time. Again, in the New Testament, largely relating to Christ and the interactions uh, with people about him. All right. So um, as I continued my involvement in the church, what began as a effort to get involved with my community ended up I ended up with that same longing, that same void as I continued to attend services regularly. And I couldn't exactly pinpoint what it was. So as I'm having this spiritual dilemma, if you will, I end up going out for a beer with my pastor because he, he was a, uh, is I presumably a fan of micro brews. So we'd, we'd go to this, this, uh, pub in town, PJ Marley's and, um, have a beer and, and talk. And I, I was explaining that, you know, I've, I've had this, 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 this feeling of wanting more, this, this, this deeper connection with God that, that all this time in all of my explorations of all these different denominations, I felt like that was, that was something that I was trying to do, but I just, I just couldn't. And as I continued talking about this, 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 this longing to connect with with God, I and, and and just simply cultivating that relationship with God and having this understanding that that if I, for lack of a better term, if I've worked hard enough, like I could I could I could, you know, become one with God, and I didn't. I had a hard time understanding what I was saying, but a lot of this, this, this thought kind of was generated through decades of reading various uh, writings about Taoism and that, you know, I, I was under the impression that, that, that God is Tao, but Tao is not God kind of like how, all bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. You know, there's there's this there's this different nuance that makes uh, and different characteristics that make bourbon bourbon. And not all whiskeys are bourbons, but all bourbons are indeed whiskeys. Now, God is Tao, but but Tao is not God, and and I had this sense that. You know, I could live in a manner which embraced the Tao, but I wanted I wanted to take that further 
and I wanted to, I wanted to embrace God. And as I, as I spoke, as we spoke, he, you know, he smiled and he's listening to me and nodding and, you know, kind of doing one of these. And he said, theosis is what you're talking about. I had at that time, I had no idea what, what, what that was, what that meant. And shortly thereafter, I, I I won't get into the, into the details of it, but I was exposed to Orthodox Christianity, the Orthodox faith. And when I heard people talk about it, and eventually I talked to a priest at a monastery and eventually just went to divine liturgy for the first time. I was, I, I granted, I, this particular church that I went to, St. Sava up in Cleveland, the, the liturgy was in a language called Old Slavonic which is kind of like the equivalent of Latin and Roman Catholic masses. Um, it is, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's a dead language, but it's, uh, it's the way that many of these liturgies are held, especially within the Serbian Orthodox faith or sect, if you will, because there's Serbian Orthodox and Greek Orthodox and Romanian and Bulgarian and Russian and uh, Syrian and uh, Antioch. And, you know, there's all these different types of Orthodoxy. But the dif the primary difference is those are all regional and cultural, like uh, like the Coptics, right, are in Egypt, and Syrian is in Syria, and uh, the Greeks, Greek Orthodox, are largely from Greeks and Bulgaria, Bulgaria, Romania, Romania, Russia, Russia, uh, Serbia, Serbia, you know, so on and so forth, and but at the end of the day the orthodox faith is the orthodox faith and the the there's there's many similarities between orthodoxy and roman catholicism but my limited understanding at this time is around the 5th 6th century there started to become a shift in who was seen as a particular leader of the church and ultimately, the great schism in the 11th century occurred, which led to the Western rite of Catholicism forming Roman, uh, Roman Catholicism. And then the, the, the Eastern Orthodox, also known as Catholics. And uh, the, the word Catholic 
this is something I just learned from Greek means universal. Now, Roman Catholics still acknowledge Orthodox as true Catholics, Catholic brothers, but never once in my whole life and learnings of and being raised in the Roman Catholic Church, never once did I hear anything about Orthodox or Orthodoxy. But as I'm learning more about Orthodoxy now, I'm learning that the Church Fathers continually pray for the unification of the Western and the Eastern rites to come together in the one true faith that is Catholicism. And I find that extremely interesting. I also find it interesting that the Orthodox do not recognize the infallibility of the Pope as the Western or Roman Catholics do. Priests can get married. Um, and there are some doctrinal differences between Orthodox and Roman Catholics. And I won't get into that now because I'm ignorant of much of it still and I'm learning. But I will say that in this spiritual journey of mine, and this all ties into freedom. So if you guys are still with me, then kudos to you for hanging in there for this long because I know we're running long today, but this 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 ties into freedom. I attended my first Orthodox service in March of uh, 2022 and was so deeply moved by it that I, I spent the entire, almost the entire liturgy just weeping, even though I had no idea what was going on because the service was said in Church Slavonic. Now, I have since attended probably a dozen different Orthodox churches of many of which have been Serbian. I've attended Rome, uh, Romanian ones, I attended Bulgarian. Um, yeah, and, and basically what I'm doing is I'm just working my way down a map of Orthodox churches in the area and realizing now that, you know, for, for, for me, for us in North America, I mean, Mexico kind of excluded, but uh, because they speak Spanish, the, 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 the appropriate thing for me or something that I'd like, yeah, I guess the appropriate thing for me is to find a church that performs the divine liturgy in English so I can fully understand what's going on because it's, it's, it's moving so much. It's, it's, it's striking such a deep emotional chord with me that something that I've never experienced before, something that I've felt at times in the past, specifically within Catholicism, um, something that's hard to identify, something that moves you, dare I say the spirit? And I've reached a point in my life where having some more in-depth conversations about 
theosis and this theotic way of thought that leads me to believe that this is the very thing that I've been searching for is, and this is the way to holy commune with God. So that's where I'm at. And for me, my belief regarding freedom, liberty, is that the only way to attain true freedom is by relinquishing your will, my will, to God as I understand him. And I seem to have the best understanding of God through the Orthodox faith. And I'm realizing that further cultivation of that relationship leads me to what I perceive to be freedom, freedom from freedom from worldly things. And because when we learn about divine liturgy, we, we, we go there and it's a, it's, it's, it's a service that everyone participates in. It's not just the priest talking to you and doing these things, but you are fully engaged in the liturgy with the priest for the priest cannot do the liturgy without you. And And that's it. So this, this freedom that I've been seeking in all of these different ways, feeling as though I'm being oppressed by or dominated by governments and politicians and institutions and all of that, none of that matters. None of it matters. And, you know, I'm not saying that, well, it, it's, it is what I believe. I believe that this is the right way, the, the, the true way, but it may not be your way and that's okay. But one of the things that I believe that's contributing to the overall lack of freedom in society is the fact that we are spiritually weak that we've we've gotten that we've grown away from this idea that god matters that religion matters i used to i used to have great disdain for religion for i thought religion and government were effectively one and the same they were institutions of control. And oftentimes I still talk about that. And if you want to see it that way, you can, for I did for many years. But what I'm understanding now is the framework, the tradition, the symbology, 
that's all part and parcel of allowing you to liberate yourself from the very things that dominate you, that oppress you, that keep you down, that kept me down. And so in this, my spiritual journey of almost 30 years at this point, I guess technically it'll be 30 years in October because I'll be 45 and I don't really think it, it was until I was in my the latter half of my 14th year turning 15 when I really began this process, the confirmation and understanding what I was doing and why I was doing it, except I didn't understand it. I didn't understand really anything about it. I was just doing it because that's what I did. And it's what everybody did. Um, but I was thinking about it then, although not understanding it. And even though I'm new and I'm not even in the faith yet, I've reached a point where I continually want to find this freedom that so many of us seek. And there's many different ways to achieve it. This is how I'm doing it. And I just wanted to share that with you because I don't see freedom in the way that many other people do. I see freedom through the lens of being one with my creator in order to relinquish myself from everything in this world. Because at the end of the day, none of this matters. Like I said before, relationships are what matter in this life. It's not about what you have. It's not about what you own. It's about how you share it with people in your life and ultimately what you share and how you share it with the one who's given it all, given it all to us. And that's what freedom means to me. And, and having, having a better understanding of that now through decades of work and trying to figure this all out. One of the things that happened was this show to help me work through all of the things in life, financial, physical, personal development, family, spiritual, social, and career. It's all starting to come together now. And it's starting to come together a lot more clearly with an increased and improved understanding of the way in which I need to find God. And I think the, because so many of us just have chosen not to do that, we've lost and are in the process of losing the very thing that made this country what it is land of the free, home of the brave, 
basically become land of the weak and home of the slaves. And unfortunately, we're going to remain like that unless we choose to change our ways. And when I say change our ways, I mean change my way. Because I can't, I can't change the world, but I can change mine. And I think when we go about taking steps, active steps, and doing the work to change our life as individuals, that shows the world that we are doing things in our own life to improve and cultivate and, 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 and walk the path. And when people see us doing that, they see us living better lives and they want what we have. And some of us may be inclined to ask us, how are you doing it? Why are you so happy? What's the secret? There is no secret. It's just that we've shut the door. There is no key. As a matter of fact, there is no knob. There's no latch, no nothing. There may not even be a door in the first place. We just, we've got this perception that there's something there. But all we need to do is take the steps, do the work. And miracles happen. And when we do that, we experience freedom. And it's in the truest sense of the word. And with that, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. I appreciate all of you who have tuned in, stayed in for the, uh, for the entire duration of this two-plus-hour-long episode. I know that we were all over the map today talking about finances, future, including uh, dialogue that was largely generated from feedback from the audience in the Telegram group. And, uh, and ultimately freedom. I appreciate you guys being with me. I appreciate all of the support over the years with the podcast, your contributions to it. I look forward to the literal contributions moving forward to help keep this thing going in the way that it has been. Um, because you know, the, the driver behind doing this in the first place was because I thought I had some message to share. I never promoted it in the way that I did or the way that I should have, I guess, because I wasn't really proud of the message that I had to share. And it isn't pride moving me now, but I'm realizing that everything up leading up to this point was a requirement in order for me to share the message that I'm sharing now and to share the messages that have yet to come. All those hardships in life, 
the roadblocks, the oppression, the domination, all of it, all of it were necessary evils to get me to the point where I am now to have the level of understanding that I have now. And it's only the beginning. It only gets better from here. Almost on a daily basis, I feel confident saying that today is the best day of my life. And that's the reason why I want to keep this going. Because every day does get better. And I hope that someone out there listens, hears that there's, and can hear from past episodes that there's been a lot of hardship in life. But there's a way out and a way up. And you can get it if you want to. It's simple, but it's not easy. All right, guys, that is it. And um, again, I just want to say thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll close it out with that. So that's it for today. This is Rob Kaiser, and thank you. I believe